tonight on Truth Today. God laughs at the plans of man. The United Nations continues to go evil, now wanting pedophilia. We're going to discuss COVID fraud alert. Tennessee's so-called conservative Republican governor proposing red flag laws. We'll be discussing that and we'll be talking about our pushback again. What we can do to stand and occupy faithfully in these last days. That and much more right now on Truth Today. Well, thank you for joining us tonight here on Truth Today. My name is Pastor Sharam Hadian with Truth in Love Ministries. We're so um, grateful that you are tuning in, taking your time to join us live on our two platforms, either on rumble.com or on our website at tilministry.com. Uh, we're grateful that you are committed in this hour to standing for the truth. Otherwise, you wouldn't be wanting to watch a program or support a ministry like this. We're committed to speaking the truth in love. We're committed to standing for the righteousness of God. We're committed to standing on the only hope of the world, and that is Jesus Christ. As many of you know, my own story of coming from a Muslim background uh, 24 years ago in 1999, giving my life to Christ, leaving Islam, becoming a, a Christ follower, becoming a pastor and, and, and a minister of the gospel. These 24 years have been the greatest of my life because we serve the most awesome high God. And he's worthy to be not only praised and worshiped on Sunday, but he's worthy to be praised and worshiped and lived for every day of the week, 24 seven. So that's where our commitment is. I want to encourage you, please visit our uh, website, tilministry.com. If you're not on our website, visit our website, tilministry.com. Please subscribe to our email newsletter, which we'll be sending out uh, later this week or possibly beginning of next week. And also uh, Rumble. If you're not on Rumble, check out our Rumble page, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian. Please make sure to spell the name right with no space. Uh, I talked to someone today who said that they had a hard time finding our page. So again, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian, no space. All right, let's uh, jump in tonight. We're going to start uh, in the book of Psalms, chapter 2, and discuss what the scripture says about the plans of man and the way that God views those plans. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Psalms chapter 2. I've taught on this before, but I just really felt tonight that um, in lieu of, again, the time frame of everything that's going on, um, we are, we are, you know, we're witnessing the launch of global digital currency, central bank digital currency. We're in the midst of um, intentional, purposeful famine, destruction of food, destruction of food sources, food supplies. They've attacked the farmers in Europe. Now they're coming after the animals. Um, there's evidence that they're going to be, if they're not already putting mRNA vaccines into animals, trying to corrupt the food supply that way. For those of us who refuse to take these shots, we see the movement towards giving up national sovereignty. We see the movement towards more digital ID and digital uh, footprint. 
where you have to have a digital ID to be able to operate. Everything is leading up to towards the mark of the beast. We are witnessing great fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The Bible has said these things must happen, and I believe they're going to happen. However, not knowing the timing, not knowing the events, not knowing what is of God and what is of the enemy, I wanted to focus tonight on Psalms chapter 2. This is a messianic Psalms describing ultimately the triumphant return of the King of Kings. Let's not forget that Jesus is not coming back a second time as a servant to suffer. He's coming back as the conquering king. And he will overthrow the, the, the plans of man. He will overthrow the governments of man. He will overthrow this beast system of Revelation 13 that we are seeing form. The one world government, the one world economy, the one world religion. And so in Psalms chapter 2 verse 1, it says, Why do the nations rage? And the people plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. Let me read that one more time. The kings of the earth set themselves, meaning that they sit and they plan together. They, they're setting themselves up against God and the rulers take counsel together. They don't take counsel from God. They take counsel together. Against who? Against the Lord and his anointed meaning the entire scheme of what's happening is an antichrist spirit because it is set against the Lord and his anointed being the Christ. And they say, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Now he who sits in the heavens, who's sitting in the heavens? So God the Father is seated on the throne. God the Son, Jesus Christ, is seated at the right hand of the Father. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. So what a profound, incredible psalm, chapter 2, a messianic, declaring, by the way, what is going to be happening when Jesus returns. That Jesus is going to take the nations as his inheritance and he will make the earth his possession. He will make the earth, the scripture says, his footstool. And he will rule with a rod of iron. He will break the pieces, the plans of the enemy. So I say that to you tonight. To say everything that they're planning and all the evil that they're planning. All the evil that Satan is planning because Satan's time is short. Please understand 
that this is just for a season and God will bring victory upon his return and set up his kingdom. Now, in this ministry, we believe that it will be a literal kingdom on earth. We believe that it will be a literal thousand-year reign. But we can agree with all believers that Jesus is coming back soon. And so, I want to break this down into the Greek when it says, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The word there, in some translations, the word there, shahak, in the Greek, in some translations, it means to mock. In some translations, it means to scorn, that the Lord, the Lord scoffs or scorns at their plans. But the number one is laughter, that the Lord is laughing, like, ha, 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 you think that you can defeat me. You think that, that, that you can defeat, God is laughing at the plans of man. Just like he laughed at the Tower of Babel when they sought to become like God, just as it is during the time before the flood, just as it will be before the coming of the Son of Man. All these things that they're putting into motion, it is just temporary. God is laughing, scoffing at their plans. And then when it says that he, in derision, when it says that the Lord shall hold them in derision, the Hebrew word there is the word la'ag. And it means that to mock, that he is mocking them. So they have nothing on our God. And yet these plans are insidious, they're evil, they're unrighteous, and they are an anti-Christ agenda. How many times have we said that those things that are set against the design of God and the plans of God, the problem in the church, I was reading an article uh, by Ken Ham. It was a pretty interesting article, uh, and we don't have it on the screen, but it says, the clash we see in our culture is a battle between two worldviews. I mean, that's the end of it. That's the, that, that's the, the best description, is that we have right now two worldviews operating. You remember when I, I kept saying to you that in 2023, it will be the battle between the kingdom of heaven and the beast system, right? We, I, I've said this to you, time and time again, that this year, especially I believe, is going to be a critical year between this clashing worldviews, these clashing agendas, the kingdom of heaven and God's kingdom versus this beast system that is implementing. And so this article talks about that the biggest problem in the church, we have in our culture, abortion, gender issues, LGBTQ, gay marriage, racism, and so forth and so on, all the focus on the environmental nonsense, all these problems, Christians can look at them and go, wow, there's so many problems. I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin. But yet, please understand that these problems all come from one place. And that is that when we begin to reject God's word, I said this on our Tuesday show, again, rejecting Romans chapter one. Uh, when we begin to reject God as our creator, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of our bodies, creating us in male and female. When, when we don't have a biblical worldview, that's the problem. And Ken Ham talks about a biblical worldview truly starting from the word of God, beginning in Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11, the foundation for everything, believing God is a literal designer and creator of the earth. 
believing that, that, that God created male and female, created the heavens and the earth, created everything and called it good. When we begin to destroy that worldview, which Paul talks about in Romans 1, we are, again, our minds become futile, our hearts become darkened, and we, we become depraved, even as Christians. And so we must, if we desire to have morality in the nations or on the earth, we must return to a biblical worldview. And so this is the, 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 the you know, um, how many times have we said the Bible is the answer, right? We've said that over and over again, right? That the Bible is the only answer for, uh, for humanity. There is no other answer but the Word of God. All of the Word of God. Not cherry-picking. All of the Word of God is necessary for us to be able to have understanding, wisdom, knowledge, and make the right decisions. He goes on to say, the clash we see happening in our culture is a battle between two totally opposite worldviews. But at the foundational level, it's a battle between God's words and man's word. Once you understand that the real battle is, is at that foundational level, you can understand that to battle all the social issues, you must address the foundational issues. The ultimate problem, he goes on to say, is that people have built their worldview on the wrong foundation, on man's foundation, on man's word, on pleasing man rather than pleasing God, on walking in the fear of man rather than the fear of the Lord. So what's the solution? The solution is to come back to God's word. The solution is to come back to the word of God, come back to the, the, the full counsel of the Bible unapologetically and stand. This is what we need to do in our individual lives. This is what we need to do in our families, in our marriages, and in our churches. And we need to do it apologetically. This is not blind faith or blind trust. There's logic and reason and truth in the Word of God. Part of the reason that we see the world going so much more evil is because we've removed that foundation of truth from the world. When we kick the Bible out in our schools and in our society, when we kick prayer out, when we kick the foundation of, 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 of God as a creator out in our nation. By the way, that was the first blow. And I've covered this before. Long before we removed the Bible, prayer, and the Ten Commandments, back all the way back to the 30s, if you remember the Snopes uh, trial down here in the South, long before back in the 30s, they began the incremental attack on God as creator. We began to attack creationism, and, and supplanted it with us being sovereign and over uh, ourselves. And, and, and we elevated the, the man and the flesh and the earth rather than elevating the creator who created those things. And that's why the world is so messed up. Look at this article. Let's go to this first article derived from the United Nations InfoWars UN Advisory Group you can't make this stuff up, unveils legal framework to decriminalize pedophilia. Now, I'll tell you exactly 
why I believe that is, number one, but it says here, the Geneva-based International Commission of Jurists, an NGO, which works alongside the United Nations, announced new criminal law reform principles that basically sanction pedophilia under the guise of protecting human rights. The ICG document, the eight March principles for a human rights-based approach to criminal law, prescribing conduct associated with sex, reproduction, drug use, HIV, homelessness, and poverty, unveiled on, on, look at this, on International Women's Day, how ironic, right? Explains why criminal law should be revised for a more human rights-based approach. It represents, quote, a timely intervention addressing the detrimental human rights impact of criminal laws targeting vulnerable groups. However, in a section addressing consensual sexual conduct, the ICG document claims consensual, consensual sexual conduct, irrespective of the type of sexual activity, the sex, the gender, the sexual orientation, gender or identity or gender expression of the people involved or their marital status may not be criminalized in any circumstances. Consensual same-sex as well as consensual, consensual different sexual, sex, sexual relations or, listen to this, consensual sexual relations with or between trans, non-binary and other gender diverse people or outside marriage, whether premarital or extramarital, may therefore never be criminalized. Then it goes on to say, whether with respect to the enforcement of criminal law, any prescribed, listen please folks, any prescribed minimum age of consent to sex must be applied in a non-discriminatory manner. Wow. Moreover, sexual conduct invo involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual, in fact, if not in law. In this context, the enforcement of criminal law should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual act. Now, where are they going with this? Okay, we know this is absolutely depraved, and we know that the globalists are all in for, for human trafficking, for sex trafficking, we see this over and over again. I wish I had even more time to go into this, but I think there's evidence that this is growing of just how sick and perverted all of these globalist, globalist elite are. They are pedophiles, they are deranged, they are evil, they're demonic. But let me give you one other angle to this. Remember, the largest voting bloc in the United Nations is the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. So the 56 member states that are Islamic and they throw Palestine in for 57, they are pushing Islamic law. They want more and more Islamic law, what we call Sharia, what is prescribed uh, right here on my desk, right? The Sharia law manual, the, 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 the Reliance of the Travelers, a classic manual of Islamic sacred law. What is the age of marriage in this book? The age of marriage is based on the decision of when the girl reaches the age of puberty or in some cases lesser. But based upon the sunnah, which means the traditions of Muhammad, which includes the hadith and the sirah, we know that the prophet who in the Quran, it says that he is Al-Insan Al-Kamil. 
He is the perfect man, so he's to be emulated. This is the prophet of Islam. I'm talking about Muhammad, the sick pervert. Muhammad had at least 11 wives, even though it was prescribed for Muslims to only be allowed to have four wives. And Muhammad married one of his 11 wives, Aisha, when she was six and consummated that marriage when she was nine and he was 50 years old. 50 years old. The sick pervert. Sick demonic Islam. And that is why in Islam, oftentimes you see in many Islamic controlled countries, the age of marriage being nine and between nine and whatever, but it's at least nine. And, and in some cases, some countries will say, well, it's 12 or 13 at the age of puberty because we need the girl to start her menstrual cycle. Again, I'm sorry that this is becoming graphic, but that's the sickness of Islam. And so I think the other purpose of this is that the moment you open the door for, for what we know as pedophilia, by removing the, uh, the age for consent to an age where they would be an adult, you open the door not only to the sickness and the perversion of having sex with children from the globalist uh, pedophiles, but also for the Islamic pedophiles. Because Muhammad was a pedophile, and every Muslim that marries an 11, 10, 9, 11, 12, 13-year-old is a pedophile. And that's what they're doing. This opens the door for Islam. This opens the door for the sick, uh, godless globalist. Islam is a false god, and these guys... So that, you know, in, in, in line with the fact that we can't seem to um, have any sense of what a woman is. Let's go, do we, do you have this headline from the Washington Standria, GOP passes girls sports bill? So at least we have some semblance of sanity in the House Republicans in the federal government. GOP passes girls sports bill as the House Democrats side with Leah Thompson. Now Leah Thompson is what, is a dude is a dude that was engaging in women's swimming. And as I covered on Tuesday's show, Riley Gaines is the woman who's standing up for women's rights, but the Democrats who are women can't seem to stand up for women because they're so confused. And so this article goes on to talk about the fact that uh, Rep. Greg Stobes' bill to stop the Leah Thompsons of the world from stealing our daughters' title, scholarships, and innocence still passed the House by a vote of 219 to 203, but not before Democrats showed their true colors. So, be, so beholden to radical transgenderism, one after another made absurd claims on the House floor about a piece of legislation that basically mirrored the 1972 policy they said they support. That policy is Title IX. That's what this is all about, is they didn't want to defend Title IX, sticking a knife in the back of the women's movement they claimed to champion. Right. Remember how a few years ago it was the whole aspect of, of, of that uh, women's movement of, of outing all these, um, you know, uh, sexual harassment and the Me Too movement. And it was all about women. Right. Until now we get from the LGBT, the, the, we get to the trans part of the LGBT. And now as, as, as they're elevating this, this 
this trans spirit, again, uh, our, our image that we have, uh, the trans spirit is an antichrist spirit, folks. It's another manifestation of, the, of an antichrist spirit. As they support this trans spirit, they can't even defend their own positioning. Uh, <laughs> they said that the most outrageous statement of the day came from California rep Mark Takano. Insisted that even having the conversation was, quote, traumatizing. We know transgender students already face widespread bullying and discrimination, he claimed, adding to their pain by targeting their participation in school sports is both wrong and dangerous, he says. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So we can't, uh, we, we, as I kept saying, we are a tale of two nations. We're a tale of a divided nation. We cannot coexist with these lunatics. That's why I said a couple of weeks ago, again, I please, I encourage you to go walk, watch my show that I did on it. Are we going through a national divorce? Are we going through a national divorce? We are a tale of two plus, plus, plus nations. And how do you coexist with these lunatics that are deranged? Women that came to stand up for women. So, uh, you know, it just continues. This insanity just continues. And it, 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 I, I, I go back to what I started. The Lord scoffs at their plans. The Lord laughs at, 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 the, at the confusion. And, and the, remember again, confusion is not of the Lord. It is of the enemy. And so the Lord is scoffing and laughing at, at all this nonsense that we see happening. And again, as the Ken Ham article that I told you said, this is about a biblical world. If we had a biblical worldview, we would not be, and if we understood Genesis 1 through 11, and if we understood Genesis 3, we would not be having this conversation because there would be no confusion about gender. There would be no confusion about what is a man, what is a woman. There would be no confusion, folks, about what we should be elevating in our world. We are confused, including in the, in the majority of churches, because we don't have a biblical worldview and we are not standing and walking in the fear of the Lord. Now, let's um, move on from this issue, because again, the, the, the globalists are just uh, messed up. Um, the leaders in this nation are messed up. I, I think that you're going to see in the days to come more and more Democrats and Republicans come out where more are going to be exposed as pedophiles, more are going to be exposed as child groomers, more are going to be exposed as secretly engaging in sexual perversion because to, they're, they're not getting their fill from the Holy Spirit. They're not getting their fill from the Lord. They're not getting their fill from a kingdom mindset. And if they're governed by their flesh, then guess what? It is uh, ridiculous. All right, Dry, let's move on to our COVID fraud alert before we go to our break. Uh, COVID fraud alert. Here we go, folks. Um, COVID is not over in the sense of, of the damage that is done. I want to bring some articles to you. This is very, very um, concerning again. So first article from our friend Leo Homan. U.S. Senate declares case closed on the origins of COVID, effectively whitewashing the crime of the century. I agree with that statement. Uh, headline 
Once again, the U.S. government investigating itself, there's a problem, with, withholds vital information from the American public. So the, it's a 301-page report that was released on April 17th states, the preponderance of information supports the plausibility, listen to this, of an unintentional research-related incident that likely resulted from failures of biosafety containment during SARS-CoV-2 vaccine-related research. So they're claiming that this was a lab leak, that the virus leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which tests bat coronaviruses twice in 19, according to research. That's what they're claiming. The report uh, from Senator Roger Marshall from Kentucky, a member of the Senate Health Committee, released the report that and, and uh, was produced by a team of doctors, including Dr. Robert Cadlick. Oh, don't get too excited. A longtime former government health official who played a key role in developing COVID-19 vaccines and staffers on the U.S. Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. And they're... Uh, now, here's what's interesting. Okay. So what's interesting is they're no longer standing by the initial story that they mocked us for questioning in 2020, which was that this was a natural occurring virus. Remember that? Uh, a, a, a wet market in China it came out of the wet market. Okay, so we knew this was uh, leaked. And we know that it was biological, meaning that it's a biological, it was a, it was a bioweapon, I should say, or, or biologically enhanced. Again, now we know gain of function, meaning it was a biological weapon. It was, it was being studied and used. And, and I don't believe this narrative that they're saying that it was based upon the research of vaccines. There has been enough admissions and enough evidence to show that this was gain of function research. That even if it was true that this was an accidental leak from a lab, the, still this lab, which was funded by US tax dollars, was doing what? Gain of function research, meaning taking a natural occurring virus and mutating it, genetically altering it to make it more deadly for human consumption. That's a crime. And, uh, and again, they admitted that this was a leak. Now, they won't admit if it was, that it was intentional because we know and we believe 100% that this was an intentional release of the bioweapon and I believe subsequent strains of this. We know from the um, Project Veritas video before they kicked out James O'Keefe. Remember the, 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 the black dude in the restaurant who uh, was bragging about how uh, Pfizer, uh, I, I believe it was Pfizer, was, was uh, uh, mutating, mutating, mutating in order to uh, f uh, create more vaccines and more uh, uh, medicine uh, for the mutations to keep their, their bankrolls going, to keep money going. So Leo says if they admitted this was an intentional leak, then they would be forced to explain why the government was able to produce a vaccine in record time. 
Then people might start asking questions about why scientists discovered the COVID virus contains a section of DNA code that matches the sequence patented by Moderna three years before the pandemic began. Wink, wink, nothing to see here, move on. Wow, good reporting by our friend Leah Holman. So let me read that one more time. If they admit that this was an intentional leak, that it was intentionally released to the world, then they must admit that according to this report, they were doing it in studying vaccines and that they would discover that COVID, the so-called naturally occurring virus, contains a section of DNA code that matches the sequencing plan patented by Moderna three years before they ever released this bioweapon. They knew this, they had it, they had the, the stuff developed and ready to go. And then Moderna might then need to explain why it's then chief medical officer Tal Zaks stated in 2017, two years before COVID was released, that his company was actually hacking the software of life and was ready to apply the mRNA gene therapy to any number of illnesses, including flu-like viruses. So again, I encourage you to read Leo's article. This is further collusion uh, between Fauci, the NIAID, uh, Human Health Services, China, uh, the globalists. This is um, another false, you know, but now they buried it. Now they said it's over. It's done. Don't, don't you dare question this pandemic. Don't you dare call it a pandemic. Because after all, um, it was an accident. Never was supposed to happen, they claim. So you see, three years later, we're a little further along, but we're not really any further along and be able to understand. But maybe here's the real motivation because here's another article that Leo wrote on his Substack. This is really, really problematic uh, and, and troubling if it's true. Look at this article, let's bring this up, Drya, from Leo's newsletter, Why the Deagle Population, do you have that one? Why the, look at this, folks. Why the Deagle Population Forecast of nearly 70% fewer Americans by 2025 may have been right on target. Now you have to go back a little bit and read this article um, where he talks about that the Deagle Corporation in 2014 released a analysis forecasting massive global population decline out to the year 2025, especially in Western countries. Deagle's founder was a military contractor who had sources well positioned in the deep state. The Deagle Corporation is an offshoot of U.S. military intelligence, which collects data for high-level decision makers and prepares confidential briefing documents for agencies like the NSA, United Nations, and the World Bank. So according to the Deagle forecast in 2014, America's population would plummet from just over 310 million in 2017 down to just 99 million by 2025. Now, I know you're sitting here going, we're in 2023, and there's no way that we're gonna get down to 99 million in less than a year and a half. Mm. The population forecast was so controversial showing reductions of 68.5% in the United States that the study mysteriously, mysteriously disappeared from the Deagle website in 2021. But until the impact of the COVID pandemic 
and resulting mass vaccination campaign, many researchers were scratching their heads as they reviewed the Deagle uh, spreadsheet. But now, could it possibly be making sense? The rise of potential, the rise and potential for another manufactured pandemic, a manufactured global famine and World War III. And Deagle's forecast becomes even more po possible because Folks, what we have to understand with the globalist agenda, and again, the Lord is scoffing at their plans, laughing at their plans. We have to understand what the global agenda is the fact that they want to depopulate the Georgia Guidestones with, with their prediction of 500 million. The globalists telling us over and over again, uh, Gates talking about um, the Club of Rome guy, talking about we can only sustain one to two million, uh, or billion, I should say. Uh, uh, Bill Gates talking about that we, uh, through inoculations, that we can reduce the population by 15% uh, easily. But here's the most troubling thing about this article, and that is that based upon a, the COVID blog, um, do we have that blog, Drya? I think I gave it to you, the COVID blog, that other article right there, yeah. So based upon Leo's reporting on this COVID blog, it's the official blog of COVID Legal USA. Vaccines are the leading cause of coincidences, they say. That's their uh, stay vigilant. That's their uh, tagline for their, for their blog. Five reasons to believe the global population is already one billion people less than it was in January 2020. Boy, you got to read this article. It's very interesting. But here is the top three Reasons. Uh, where is it? Right here. Governments across the world reported record increases in excess deaths in 2021 and 2022 and or reported historically low birth rates. In other words, a lot of people are dying and fewer are being born. Number two, there's no way of knowing exactly what's happening in the world's two most populous countries, India and China. Remember that between those two pop countries, we're talking about three billion people. We know that China is dystopian, is a dystopian hell. What we don't know is how many people are being killed by the governments and dying from the injections. India started injecting its population in January 2021, mostly with the COVID Shield AstraZeneca viral vector DNA injections. As of March 2023, 95% of Indians age 12 up have received at least one shot. COVID blog reports by April 2021 Truckloads of dead bodies were being transported to morgues uh, and they were so full that bodies were falling from the trucks on the roads. In Delhi, someone died every five minutes that month, according to one report, and Leo links that. The mass cremation videos from India in 2021 are disturbing. Um, the corporate mainstream pr predictably blamed COVID. The only reason the deaths slowed in 2021 was because India started using what? Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Neither India or China are particularly good about recording or reporting deaths, leading the COVID blog to conclude that based on the foregoing, our educated guess is at least 350 million excess deaths in China and India from January 2020 to today. Wow. And then number three, the kids, are di kids die anonymously. Deceived parents allow their children to be injected multiple times and or fed their baby vax breast milk. The child dies. Most of these delusional parents play along with the mainstream narrative and blame anything but the vax, while only a tiny number of parents do the right thing and warn others not to get their children's injected. So, based upon this COVID uh, report, 
Here it is. You ready? The blog says it is confident in declaring that the global population, the real global population, not what they're reporting um, by the census or whatever it is, because uh, UN reported that, that the global population had gone over 8 billion in November 2022. According to the COVID blog, and again, you can be the judge of it, declares, is declaring the global population has dropped from approximately 7.8 billion in January 2020 to approximately 6.8 billion today. About a 13% drop in 28 months. Isn't that exactly what Bill Gates said? We can reduce population by 15% pushing abortion and pushing the jabs or, or inoculation as he called it. So you be the judge of that. But this is, um, wow, very, very interesting, concerning. And again, most Christians have a hard time really imagining the evil intent of these demonic globalists. They have a hard time imagining how evil these individuals are and the, and the families behind them and the fact that there's a culling going on. A fire happens in Texas at a uh, factory. All of a sudden, 18,000 cows dead. What? Every cow died? It was, it was such a, I mean, you, these are, you can't keep having 300 such incidents of factories, food, and whatever different factories burning down related to our food production, and then just call it a coincidence that now the equipment are, are being destroyed. And they're coming after the farmer. This is not an accident, folks. Come on. Meanwhile, when we come back from the break, everybody's focused on gun control. Meanwhile, let's not talk about any of the COVID fraud and any of the depopulation and people dying suddenly and intentional food shortages and food destruction and potential nuclear World War III by this summer. We covered for you that there's no doubt that the United States is now in Ukraine fighting that war. We talked to you on the last show that Satan has declared and continues to declare war on women and the womb. That he has a hatred for, for human beings because he hates God. This is all part of this Antichrist spirit. So let's go to the break really quick, but when we come back, we'll talk about the approach for gun control, uh, the delusional approach. Folks, please visit our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Check out all of our content. Check out our events calendar. Also, go to rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian. Please subscribe to our Rumble page so you can get um, updated information about our uh, ministry. And folks, also update information about our content when we upload stuff. I want to encourage you, we are doing our podcast. So every one of our shows, if you prefer to listen to an MP3 format, is now podcasted uh, on these platforms. Search Truth Today with Sharam Hadian. You see it there on your screen, Truth Today with Sharam Hadian, to uh, Samsung Music, uh, Amazon Music, uh, uh, Podbean, Spotify, I don't remember, iHeart, all the, the different platforms. Check those out. 
and please subscribe. Also, our brand new DVD, great, The Great Pushback. We are backlog right now. We are on back order. Please, if you're interested, subscribe to, here's the link, tillministry.com slash pushback, tilministry.com slash pushback. Order your copy now. We are in the midst of getting more, but we need to know how many to order if you have not gotten your great pushback. And then remember again, please pray for our brand new presentation coming up, One World Religion Rising, Contending for Christ Against This End Time Deception of One World Religion. It is coming out. We're working on post-edit. We're looking at a late May time frame, but by early May, we will have our pre-orders set. So look for that on our website. And then finally, um, I want to let you know, travel-wise, I'm going to be in Minnesota. We were working the last couple of days on finalizing. We have a huge and busy schedule in Minnesota coming up the middle of May, middle of next month. I'm going to be at least in five locations, if not six We're going to be in Hutchinson. We're going to be in St. Cloud. We're going to be in Princeton. We're going to be in uh, Alexandria. We're going to be in Ostego. We're going to be hopefully in Bemidji. So check out our events calendar. Uh, We're adding dates. And then in June, we're going to be back in North Idaho and Montana. Uh, Check out those dates as well. We'll be getting that up on our calendar here soon. So again, please check that out. And then finally... Um, We thank you for your faithful support of this ministry. We thank you for your faithful support of this program. If this is a blessing to you, would you prayerfully consider supporting us? This ministry is 100% supported by you. So if you want to give a donation, a one-time donation, visit our website, tilministry.com slash donate, tilministry.com slash donate, secure donation, one time, or you can mail in a check to... Uh, TIL uh, ministry or just TIL. You can just make your check out the TIL. And uh, where's that page, Jariah, for our address? Um, Just send it to P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. Again, make the check out the truth and love. Thank you for your support. And then also, finally, if you would like to join our monthly supporting you can join our Gideon Army of 300. This is where we believe, folks, that God is leading 300 people to support this ministry. We are in the 100 and something range right now, but we're praying for uh, another 100 plus, 150 plus that will come alongside and join this ministry and help us to budget. The monthly support helps us to budget for staffing, for live streaming, for um, uh, for equipment costs, for... Um, internet, for all the different things that, 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 that allow us to be able to get these programs out to you. Text alerts, rumble costs, all those things that it costs us to be able to do this. Uh, thank you for your faithful support. We couldn't do it without you. I'm so grateful. I, I just pray, praise God for each and every one of you. Thank you for your, our Gideon army. Thank you for those who have, have, have supported this ministry. May, may the Lord bless you richly as you have blessed us in this. All right. Let's come back to our final segment here. And oh boy, things are heating up here in Tennessee and other parts of the country. Again, we are after guns. It doesn't stop. It never ends. Um, Here in Tennessee, after the horrific trans anti-Christian hate crime that occurred in Nashville at the Covenant Christian School, that's what it was, right? It was an anti-Christian hate crime that was not reported as such, was not dealt as such. 
Why has the FBI not released the manifesto? The FBI released the manifesto in the uh, Louisville bank shooter, where we now know that the Louisville, do you have that, we have that article, dry up, Infowars, medicated Louisville bank shooter. Where's that article? Um, yeah, right there, right there. Medicated Louisville bank shooters manifesto reveals, guess what? Anti-gun motivation. So what was the manifesto? According to his manifesto, he claimed that he wanted to prove how easy it was to get a gun, raise awareness about mental illness, and force police to kill him. Of course, in the process, he doesn't just want to die. He killed five people and shot a police officer and then was killed by police. And so 13-page manifesto, oh, he's a leftist, liberal, pro-trans, uh, anti-gun nutcase. And they want to blame us conservatives. They want to blame us Christians. They want to say it's guns, 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 guns. Or we don't have enough background checks. Well, this dude would, would have passed background checks, folks. He didn't have a criminal history. So he's just deranged. He's delusional. He's a leftist delusional whack job at 25 years old that had mental health problems, which we know ultimately are spiritual. They're demonic. My goodness. His parents, of course, claimed that he had head injuries. But we know this is spiritual. And so um, they're coming after guns again. And let's go to the Tennessee stands. Our friend Gary Humble at Tennessee stands reporting that the, um, if you go to, yeah, let's bring this up here so they can see the, the, the front page of it. Now, this is not, this is not word information. If you go to this page at TennesseeStands.org, TennesseeStands.org, and scroll down, you'll see the latest that they have on their Telegram page talking about that. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where's that one that I want to see? Oh, here we go, dry up. Let's go to the one where it says, breaking, here we go. Um, right there, breaking, here we go. This is a couple days ago. The so-called Republican governor of Tennessee um, is proposing re um, new gun control legislation, which should be aptly called red flag laws. Now, the Tennessean, uh, do I go back to that last one that you just had? The Tennessean was uh, right there, calls this reform, gun reform legislation, because the Tennessean is a liberal uh, newspaper. And they're saying, oh, this is a protective order legislation. It's about having a protective order. It's not about red flag laws because they claim that there's no ex parte hearings, meaning that an ex parte means that they can have a hearing without you. This is, this is in 18 other states that I understand where they have, like in, when we were back in Washington State, they already have these red flag laws, meaning that somebody can complain that you are unstable for various reasons, that you're a danger to yourself or society based on various reasons, including your ideology, especially with now how triggered the left is and, and all the LGBTQ plus 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 trans people are. And so therefore, they can then go before a judge, ex parte, meaning without your uh, 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 in, being in attendance and without you having any Fourth or Fifth Amendment due process. And that judge can rule to take your firearms away 
and put you on a mental health evaluation or put you in a mental health hospital against your will. We don't see any problems with that, right? We don't see government abusing that, right? If you don't think the government will abuse that or is abusing that, then that is naivety with all due respect. So Lee, who um, go to, where's the Telegram article? Uh, again, from Tennessee Stansdra for three years now. You have that one? Yeah, right there. Tennessee Stansdra, three years now, we've been telling you that Governor Bill Lee is no friend of the Constitution, yet the Republican Party continues to prop him as a strong conservative and as a Christian. And again, this governor is pushing to weaken your right to bear arms in Tennessee. And now, with the gratitude of Joe Biden, Joe Biden is praising Governor Lee. Let's go to that News 9. Do you have that one, Dry News 9? President Biden commends Governor Lee for expanding background checks and for what? He said that, um, where is it? Oh, because they were bemoaning the fact that uh, people were killed in uh, Louisville or they were killed in Alabama at a party. Oh, forget the fact that the Democrat-controlled cities are, are absolutely murder zones like Memphis and Chicago. Forget the fact that kill, children are killed every weekend. Oh, they don't say anything about that kind of gun violence. But when it happens in, in a conservative place like you know Alabama or in Kentucky that's more conservative, less than Alabama, oh, now we need gun control. And, and look at this. He's going to commend, I commend Tennessee Governor Bill Lee for signing an executive order to expand background checks and calling on, now look at this, Joe Biden calls this law, or this proposed legislation by Bill Lee, what it is, red flag, he goes, and calling on the Tennessee State House to pass a red flag law. I hope more Republican officials will follow suit and take action. And so Lee and the Tennessee Republicans are trying to tippy-toe around this, the Lieutenant governor, who is a pervert in Tennessee, um, should have been ousted. Where is part of that here? Um, he said that, oh, no, this is not a red flag law. They're claiming, here we go, signaled his support for the proposal, calling the order of protection laws an extremely delicate balance to strike while considering Second Amendment rights. I believe that balance has been struck with this proposed temporary mental health order of protection. He says there will be no ex parte aspect to this order. Okay, so what? They claim they're going to give you a lawyer. You have a right to go before a judge. Oh, before, but, be, but before that, they're going to still, if someone complains about you, and oh yes, in this proposed legislation, which by the way, the proposed legislation is going to be amended 10 times over if it goes through the process. Now, in Tennessee, we're at the end of our legislative session. They're supposed to be ending. They're supposed to be voting on the budget. But no, last minute, they want to rush this through because of emotionalism. You're talking about destroying our Second Amendment rights and Bill Lee, who claims that we have constitutional carry in Tennessee, which we don't. That was another lie. Now wants to come back and say, we got to get this through last minute. Oh, we don't see any problems with last minute, right? We don't have any problems with rushing legislation through last minute, especially against our fundamental right of self-defense. 
And let's remember the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is not just about the right for the people to keep and bear arms. It is about the right to keep the state in check. It is about the right of the people to have a well-regulated militia, meaning a well-regulated and armed citizenry. The historic terminology of a well-regulated militia being necessary for the securing of a free state, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed upon. That's the entirety of the Second Amendment. And a well-regulated militia, based on the articulation of our founders, understood this. A well-regulated and trained citizenry that had the ability to keep and bear arms so that to keep the state free in order to secure a free state so that you keep tyrants at check from your God-given rights. And the right to your self-protection is a God-given right. And the right to protect against tyranny is a God-given right. And so they're claiming that these temporary mental health orders is gonna, they're gonna give you a lawyer they're going, to, they're going to pay for your lawyer and they're going to allow you to go before a judge. Oh, but before you go before a judge, you got to go get a mental health evaluation. So if someone complains and says you're dangerous and, and let, me, let me make sure I get to the um, language here because where is that language? Um, come on. Because it's claiming that it's very much like a protection order in a domestic violence situation. But a domestic violence situation is very clear cut. Because if the police go into a situation or if, if one spouse actually can articulate threats, i.e. husband says to the wife, I'm going to kill you. That's an art articulated threat. And then the wife can go before a judge and get a protection order against the husband where the husband would have to temporarily surrender their weapons. And even that is a slippery slope. But... That's a very different situation than based on this proposed legislation, which would temporarily, they would claim, restrict your access to weapons. But, 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 it has to do, if you read the language of the, of, of the bill, it has to do with the fact that they're saying that it's um, any uh, risk to the public is part of this legislation. Any risk to the public. So this is... Um, this is a, 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 a broad brush. They can play games, but it's a red flag law. Because you have to first, once someone files a complaint against you that you're a danger to yourself, you have to first go and do a mental health evaluation before you can go before a judge and have a hearing. And they're claiming, no, this isn't going to violate your due process. And Tennessee Stands and other groups are fighting this hard uh, but again, look at the tactic. Late in the legislative session, the legislators, it's now almost late April. They want to go home. They want to go back to their constituents. And they plan this. They plan this so that they get passed quickly without any due process, without any public hearings, without pushback from the public. And so we got to pray here in Tennessee and other places that this is not going to be allowed to happen in Tennessee. We gotta fight this. We gotta fight this. We gotta fight this. Now the uh, Williamson County Republican Party fortunately came out and said that um, they're against this. Uh, so thank God at least that the, that the Republican Party in the national area is standing for the Second Amendment, saying they're they're very very much against this, and especially 
against this last minute push. This has got to be pushed to next year where there's time to debate and, and, and with a fine tooth comb go through this legislation. But they're coming after our guns. And I'll say this last thing. We got to go. I, I've said to many of you who've heard my story coming from Iran, when they took over Iran, when they committed the coup, folks, they disarmed the Iranian people. I have begged Americans. The Second Amendment is the linchpin of all the other rights. If you lose the right to keep the state free away from tyrants, you lose every other right. Please do not allow yourself to be easily disarmed. In fact, don't allow yourself to be disarmed, period. It's not about guns. The person in Nashville who is a deranged trans activist wasn't about guns. The guns is a mechanism. It's a mechanism. It's about the sin. It is about the evil. It is about the perversion. It is about the Antichrist spirit. And as I began tonight, it is about the lack of a biblical worldview in our society. The morality that has failed is because we don't have a biblical worldview. We don't stand on the word of God anymore. We don't stand even, even in many churches. The Lord scoffs at their plans. The Lord will come back and he will make this earth his footstool. He will crush the nations and he will take the nations for his inheritance as Psalm 2 said. Jesus is returning, folks. The King of Kings is coming back soon. But we must first go through tribulation. We must first go through judgment. And ultimately, the Lord will pour out his wrath on this world. I pray that the church will not endure that wrath. I believe that the Lord will remove us before the wrath comes. But we know that the seven-year tribulation is a short window before Jesus comes back and rules and reigns and writes this earth and writes this ship that has become so corrupt and so evil. The globalists can scheme and plot and do their perversions and we have to pray against this and we have to resist, 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 resist. This is the time to obey God, not man, when, when, when the two are in conflict. This is the time to obey God rather than man when uh, God's worldview is contradictory to man's worldview. This is the time to obey God and resist, 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 resist. Say no, remove your consent, obey God rather than man, and stand your ground. May God be glorified and praised. Uh, I'll be teaching this Sunday at Patriot Church in the morning. Uh, remember that uh, Sunday, April 30th, here in Tennessee, we're going to be having our One World Religion presentation at 6 p.m. at Patriot Church. Please, if you can come in person, if you're in anywhere in the Knoxville area, uh, One World Religion Rising, you do not want to miss this presentation. It is a must watch. We are going to try to live stream it, but please come in person. It's very different being there in person. Um, and we will get that on DVD. Again, it's recorded. We'll be getting it on DVD very soon. This is Pastor Sharam Hedian. Sorry that we went late tonight. God bless you guys. And we will see you next Tuesday live as well at noon Eastern. Have a blessed weekend. Rejoice in the Lord. Worship Him above all else. Give everything you have to Him. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. And um, have a blessed weekend.